Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 115 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, David Davidson of Revocation describes his first band, and I recommend the Stockton, California progressive metal band Alta Luna. But before all that, Scott from Fallujah is on the program. We are chatting about the band's new album, Empyrean, which will be out on September 9th via Nuclear Blast Records. We also do a deep dive into his new side career as a Twitch streamer, the band's new Patreon, how new members Kyle Schaefer and Evan Brewer joined the band, guest spots on the new record, and a lot more. Now before we dive into my chat with Scott from Fallujah, here's some of Soulbreaker from the new album, Empyrean. Doing good, hanging out. Yeah, I got a long day ahead of interviews and hanging out, but that's kind of cool for me, to be honest. I like your mood light in the back. Is that a constant for you? The like kind of uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you're kind of looking through my. Uh, well, it's a little crooked right now, I think. But you're looking at my uh, my Twitch rig essentially. So like this is uh, yeah, this is all crooked and shit. But uh, yeah, I, I stream, you know, learning songs and playing songs. And so I usually have a setup just a little bit better. But yeah, I try to keep it all cool, you know, yeah. all slick and moody. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's got my guitars in the back and some vibe lights. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, well actually, I, I'd kind of like to start there because over, um, you know, over COVID and stuff, people kind of found ways to find other things to do. And you got into like Twitch streaming and stuff. Uh, how has you know that becoming a focus of your career now been been for you? Uh, it's, I mean, it's been awesome in like many different ways. I mean, it's it was definitely like something that came in super clutch when the pandemic happened. Like, because I basically pandemic happened, all the tours that we had were canceled, and that kind of like the thing that I've been doing for like ten years, at least like structuring my life around. All of a sudden, was just all canceled or whatever so it's like fuck what do i do i'd already been kind of like doing some social media stuff to like to attract students and get to know people and be able to teach and make an income with that whole thing so i kind of just like immediately went hard with that maybe started focusing on uh you know camera equipment and all that stuff and that took a while i think my main focus was to do like what my friend dean was doing like kind of get into the whole youtube world and he, he helped me a lot with that and I think I just uh, signed on to Twitch just to gather up the people that I had was friends with through Instagram and Facebook. And just so we could like discuss guitar stuff, you know, a couple times a week. And the first one just started off as like, you know, just me at my desk with my guitar, like the worst camera, like the worst mic ever. And it was just a group of people that most of them were fans of Fallujah. Some were friends with me through Instagram. And it's kind of started with that performing music, kind of talking about music. And then it sl- slowly grew into this whole thing where, it's definitely like uh like a like a career or something that I do it's like really important and integral to the band and I see it completely changing the band too and now we've got uh you know my drummers on on the platform as well as uh 
as the singer, he's on the platform performing. But as far as like, how is that, what has that done? I think, uh, I mean, it's allowed me to like, like I don't really teach anymore. It's allowed me to completely focus on performing and, and, and working on my craft. And it's also kind of got me more in touch with like the band's discography one, because, you know, relearning all these songs to perform them on Twitch and then, uh, getting more kind of you know there's for a second i kind of like a falling out with metal a little bit it's not like i didn't like metal or whatever but i was just so exposed to it you know i was touring with like dying fetus and suffocation and doing summer slaughter doing all these fests i got plenty good doses of metal all the time so when i got home i was listening to like jazz fusion and and city pop and stuff and i kind of forgot what i not forgot but you know what i mean you just don't you weren't as hyped as like when you were in high school growing up and and being on twitch and the whole point of this like Twitch thing is to hang out and be inspired by metal and learn music. It's like got back into like all these bands that I used to listen to. And it just get, really gave me like a full, like, I think it was perfect for having a new album too, is writing a new album, just getting back into metal, back to your roots and also helps you work on your chops. You know, I've definitely played guitar more than I've ever played in my entire life. So I don't know. It's cool. Still, I, it's too many things to even talk about that, that Twitch has done for the bands. I mean, so it's cool. Yeah, I recommend any musician, big or small, to jump on Twitch. It's an awesome community of people, and they'll support you for sure. Yeah, I've had a handful of guys that uh, kind of became, you know, online content creators and as a big part of their thing. Like, uh, his name is escaping me, as is the band, so I'll skip over that one. But uh, mutual wow. friend slash acquaintance David Wu, you know, he, oh, he riff shop. I mean, me and Cyborg go way back with this podcast, and Riff Shop became oh, like his whole life. Yeah, uh, first band I ever had as a recommendation with Cyborg. Then David was on as a guest, and I just had Ian on. Uh, so yeah, I love those guys. Um, but could you see yourself going to more of just like online solely content stuff, or like do you still get the high being on the road and whatnot? Uh, well, dude, first of all, I don't know if you know David Wu is is guesting on this new record sure i see all that yeah i go way back me and me and him got into metal together like i met him when i was like 15 we were both the weird kids in middle school like Dude. we went to Ozfest together that was like our first metal experience so yeah i got i gotta mention david Wu. that's like old school friend like we grew up getting into metal but as as far as online content like the reason the reason i like twitch is because i don't really like like I have to spend a lot of time writing music. You know what I mean? It's just so tedious to make music like this that all my time goes to that. So I was trying to come up with a way to be able to do the things I already do and, and still get to reach out to people and connect to people and maybe find new people. So the, the whole idea of like curating like a, a, a cool video and posting it every two days, like it just totally sucks out any time to be able to to work on music and be like to do like real musician shit as opposed to just like oh look at me kind of stuff or whatever so like doing twitch allowed you know allowed me to kind of just like put content up that's just has that's just the stuff that i do every day or whatever and allows me to continue doing that but it definitely doesn't replace playing live at all there's no way like i really enjoy having tons of people in the chat and hanging out and us all having a good time but they're has nothing that replaces going on tour and performing in front of people. And I, you know, the whole pandemic, I thought that like, damn, I can't wait to, to get back. This is fun. I love how well this is going and how great this is, but like, man, I cannot wait to get back. And then we went on tour uh, a few months ago with rivers and it's just reaffirmed that like, there's, there's nothing better, man, than just playing in front of a sick crowd and like having a great show and, and being out in the world. So yeah, to answer your question, I think I'll always be, uh, 
having an itch to get out there and play <laughs> for sure. I, I I initially had a question to get us started about your downtime before your next tour, but it sounds like between sure. Twitch and, you know, interviews and stuff like that, you're not really getting a lot of downtime to prep for tour, but like, are you able to get any relaxation in before this next run, the divine Ascension tour? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, the last, um, two, the last month or so, I mean, yeah, the, the Twitch kind of goes up and down with going crazy. You know what I mean? Like a couple of weeks ago I was on the front page and it's just kind of like, once you're on the front page, you kind of just got to go as hard as possible. And then as soon as that ends, it's like working on playthroughs and, this is it's all this particular tour is also kind of challenging because we only have three songs out from the new record and we want to play most of the new records so we have to show up with like many many new songs that we've never performed live before like ready to go so i'm like rehearsing like i literally the hour before uh i started doing this i had one other before you but the hour before that a couple hours as soon as i woke up i just spent rehearsing the material everything i did I fell asleep on the couch last night rehearsing the material. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, that's all I'm doing is rehearse. I started with the solos first, just make sure to get those down. Cause those are the ones that are going to be in the green room practicing at the last minute. So I start with those and then I'm just kind of trying to get all the riffs down. And I don't know, cause you, 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 you're recorded or whatever. And then it starts to fade away. And then, and then there's also like, Oh, I know the song, but then there's also, I know how to perform the song and it's like two different things. So yeah, all of my time, has been spent uh, as at now 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 that we're two a little over two weeks now it's all rehearsing every moment yeah. even through through the whole weekend too as well it's like just got to do it <laughs> sure and yeah. I you guys just launched a Patreon I know it's like pretty early doors on it but how has the response been so far Yeah man thanks for uh, mentioning that it's it's been really good I, I don't know I think. I think there used to be kind of a, like a weird thing about bands doing that. But I think now people kind of understand like, you know, there's only so many ways for you to like support the band, you know, whether it be through records when the cycle's coming through or what is streaming that doesn't really help or going to see them on tour or, or getting their merch or whatever. But like some people have already gotten the merch and the CD and have already bought a ticket and still want to support, you know what I mean? And have extra income support. And the last thing they want to see is the band's, not be able to do certain things, maybe get equipment they need or, you know, I don't know, break up or something because they can't, because they all got to go get real jobs or something like that. So I think people totally understand are super hyped. And it's, it's, I think it's, uh, you know, with the community we've built with Twitch, like it's just kind of like, you know, the community was already there ready to support. So when we launched it, it was kind of like instantly people jumped on it and it's kind of growing every day. We did like a soft launch, you know, we didn't want to make a, a big deal out of it, but we wanted to exist and so and make it available for people that if they want to support, they can support. But yeah, pretty surprised the initial response. It's 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 cool how people want to support the van. It's it's pretty crazy. It's really and it makes us uh, want to work hard, too. It's like, damn, it's, people want us to do well. Let's fucking do well, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember people getting a lot of shit when it first, like, Nabal Viscar, so when they first, like, one of the first bands to do this, they got so much backlash, yeah. but now they're, like, so good at that, um, mm -hmm. and Allegiant as well. Um, one of the tiers of it yeah. is that fans can get demos and breakdowns of songs. Yeah. How comfortable yeah. are you generally with showing people outside of the band circle works in progress or diving into deeper meanings and stuff? Uh, you know, I used to be, like, really not into it, and I think I was just kind of, like, trained by the 
the way album cycles work. You know what I mean? It's really important to keep everything very hidden and like do everything in a bubble, isolated from anybody, and and then you release it to them, and hopefully they like it or they don't. And and I I don't know. I think it's like with having Twitch and streaming, I've I've let the like the community in on the process more than I ever had before. I even was uh, streaming us in the studio. I had like a fly on the wall cam. And people could watch us in the studio with Mark discussing, talking about this. You know, there was a couple things I didn't let them hear. You know what I mean? I wouldn't let them hear the music. Like when we were recording drums, I gave them a feed of just the drums. So I could just hear them playing the drums. They could hear us discussing, oh, no, dude, you got to do a fill there. Or I ah, just change this part or, you know, play up until this point. Like, you know, they got to see the full on process. And I even twitched or streamed, uh, honestly, because I was I had no time on my I was so slammed with recording, had no time, but I didn't want to like stop streaming and just like abandon the community or whatever. So I just streamed myself working on leads, you know, so it didn't like didn't give away the song or whatever. But, you know, I was able to they get to watch me record some parts or whatever. And and they and they will hear it on the record. And I think a few of them already mentioned some of the new songs. Oh, I remember when you were recording that lead. And I think there's even a stronger connection now with them or something like that. So. I'm totally cool with it. I think it doesn't hurt. It's not like someone hears a demo and and they're like, "That's a demo. I'm out, bro. Fuck this." Like, <laughs> you know, I think it's more like, I think it's more like if you're already there and you're interested enough to want to hear something like that, then you're probably already a fan and you're probably already stoked on what we're doing. So it's just strengthening that connection even more, and that's cool. Like if you're going to be that stoked about our music and be a fan, then I'll I want to give you some more more stuff for sure. Yeah, like. Cause that's the stuff because I nerded out like crazy when I was growing up with bands and I felt like there was totally just not a culture to make all that stuff available to us as nerds or whatever. And like, I don't know, it would have been cool to see like some of my favorite death metal artists, like post a video of him shredding on Instagram or a Q and a or something cool like that. Like that would have been nuts. I would have gone crazy. So I think that's just cool. Yeah, one of my favorite artists is Devin Townsend, and it seems like the last five albums or something, he'll put out a disc of just demos and bonus songs that didn't make it for one reason or another, and he's also got into Twitch and, you know, ripping his own songs apart, and yeah. it's very interesting to see artists do that who are otherwise private, and it's, you know, this is the way that they kind of express another side of themselves, I guess. Um, yeah, dude, he's awesome. Someone someone brought him up in the, uh, the last interview it's funny you mentioned him. We were just talking about how he just does it his way, how he wants to do it, and he's he's like, he also has. Uh, I don't think he takes himself too seriously too, and I think that's nah, I can't. That's hard not to do, you know. Like for me, I want to be cool, you know. So it's hard to be like, ah, you didn't do it perfect that time, or this is not curated to perfection over many <laughs> months or whatever. He just is like, yeah, this is who I am. Like take it or leave it. And most of it's good, so mm-hmm. it's like sit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my, my show is called awesome. Far Beyond Metal. It's a strappy young lad song. He's always on the tip of my brain. Uh, so we're, oh, always, okay. we're always almost there here. That was some of Embrace Oblivion from Fallujah's Empyrean. I'll have more with Scott in just a moment, but first, a quick break. 
movies, and feelings. Pop Pop, Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, David from Revocation discusses his heavy origins. Uh, my very first band was called Akel Dama, and it was basically like early cryptic warning songs. Akel Dama, what is that? Is that just like a word? Is that a creature? Uh, that was a, that. that was the place where I think, um, like in the desert, where like I think Jesus was like tempted by the the devil. Sick. Nether Heaven by Revocation will be out on September 9th via Metal Blade Records. You can head over to revocationband.com to pick up your copy. Now, before I conclude my conversation with Scott from Fallujah, here is some of Radiant Ascension from their new album, Empyrean, which will be out on September 9th via Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, but coming back to your oh, band, yeah, yeah. of course, um, the maybe the sure. basic question, but something I'm curious about, how did you first like meet Kyle to get in the band? And, you know, Evan's been in a million bands, but like, how did he first get involved with Fallujah? Sure. Uh, uh, well, Kyle, he asked me to do, or, you know, bringing David Wu up again, actually. David Wu recommended uh, me to do a guest solo on Kyle's band's latest record, uh, but for his band archaeologists and the song's called winter's wake so david will connected us and then uh that was a couple years ago i did my guest solo and then i think they, they came over to my apartment and like filmed me for the music video and we were just kind of lightly keep in touch and so that's how i got to know him and his skills or whatever he did mostly singing on that but he had some cool screaming parts or whatever some growls and then uh yeah, during the pandemic, you know, people were going their separate ways and I started auditioning people and I was auditioning all sorts of vocalists. And I kind of already, I'm like, I'm getting good at this because I had literally just had to do the same thing, the record before, if you're going to try to find a singer. And uh, so I was going through all these people and had some really awesome auditions, like some, some, some really awesome stuff. And he was one of the people I thought of. I was like, yeah, he was pretty cool. And I love, I love that he's from the Bay Area. You know, I think that's awesome. Like, we can meet up and, you know, it's a Bay Area band. That'd be cool to get someone from the Bay. And then uh, first had him try out with uh, The Void Alone. I had an instrumental Void Alone. He just totally killed that. I was like, whoa, that was crazy. So I sent him uh, Soul Breaker uh, without any vocals on it. Basically, I had the song done and... I had programmed drums for it or whatever. And uh, I had vocals for it too. I would do like these like whisper demos. I would like whisper my 
pretend vocal patterns and it just I, it just makes it easier for the vocals to write their their lyrics and without us having to go back and forth a bunch of times and if they change it it's like you know they change it they know what i suggested they could change it so i didn't give him the suggestions i said yo just write your own lyrics and your own phrasing and just give it a shot and what he sent what he sent back is basically what you hear uh on the final version that's out right now like he I mean, he did patterns that were way better than mine for sure. Like the, the, he just immediately wrote lyrics. The guy just like knows how to sit down and get to work and he knows how to just like pull the creativity out. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. What, I know you're super hyped to do something awesome for that song, but it's just like hearing that demo, I was like, damn, he, he, he pretty much blew everybody out of the water. Sorry, everybody that auditioned. But it's just like somebody to, to write something like that in a day and like get it back to you. It's like exactly what I was looking for. Like he killed it. And then also there's other whole other half that like this guy's, uh, you know, he's dedicated his music, his life to music. Like if you see how much music he's written, like it's like 20 something EPs, you know what I mean? And like, it's not like this guy's a touring musician that that's his whole life. He like had like a, a regular day job and he was still doing this at the same time. Like that's really hard to do. And like, I definitely respect that. Like nothing's going to stop this guy from working on music. So when we gave him this opportunity and I told him like what it would entail as far as like full-time touring and all that stuff, he's like, let's go. I'm ready to go. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah, that's the kind of, I want somebody who's inspired who wants to work really hard, who loves this kind of music and also happen to be like insanely talented. It's like, I couldn't, we couldn't be more lucky as a band to find this dude. He's brought a lot to the table. So yeah, Kyle's been fucking awesome. He helped me take it. To the to the finish line which was like definitely needed that towards the end i was like getting real fatigued spending real long nights and stuff and i was just like all right we're almost done and he just like he brought that inspiration uh, as far as uh, evan brewer goes so man i've been a fan of that guy since i was like 15 or 16. i think one of the very first death metal shows i ever went to was with david Wu. we drove down to fresno and uh, we saw animosity from a second story window job for a cowboy and cattle decapitation dude huh? so sick that was the first time show. i've been exposed dude it was nuts it was a and at the time i think i was more so into like in flames and trivium and like a dozen furies more like kind of like metalcore like stuff that was on like ozfest you know what i mean ozfest 2005 like, you're currently naming yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it yeah that's like kind of what got us into heavy music and like that same summer I think we went to Fresno and saw that show and that just kind of did it for me. It was kind of like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. This is like, like the riffs I want to learn on guitar. Like this is the aesthetic I love. And so I saw that band, Evan played that show or whatever uh, with animosity. And I was a huge fan of animosity after that. So I kind of always followed him after that and everything like Fallujah's bassist, Rob, he was the bassist all the way up until now, the entire time. Like when we would sit down and record and try to write uh, bass to our, you know, the guitar, we were always thinking about what would Evan do? Because that was our favorite bassist. You know what I mean? We would look at the records he did with Animosity or Envios uh, or his uh, solo albums, like just his techniques he would use. Like he would use his thumb as a pick mm -hmm. for certain parts or he'd do slap pops over like death metal and stuff. So we're just always like, this is the best shit ever. You know what I mean? And then uh, eventually I'll just fast forward all the way till, uh, you know, I got to know him when he toured with the Faceless on Summer Slaughter. So that's how we got to know each other. And I think that was also, yeah, that was like the same tour where they hit that moose and they had to travel in our band for a little bit. We had got to know him. 
And uh, yeah, we were in the, what was it? Probably 2021, 2020. Yeah, we gave him a call and sent him a demo. And he was like, oh, dude, this music is the shit. I love this. Like, I'm really into this. I definitely do this. And then he hits back a week later, like, dude, my life is just way too busy right now. Like, in fact, my studio's in shambles. And I was like, well, the guitars aren't done. I'm still working on That's going to take me a little longer. I'm still finishing up the music. Let me call you back in like a, like a month and a half or something, two months. I call him back and he's like, yo, everything is free and awesome. Like, my studio's back together. I'm still listening to this music. I still really, really want to do this. I just thought the opportunity had passed because... You know, it was two months ago. I thought it was kind of like the end. And he's like, I'm like, oh, no, we got plenty of time. We haven't even recorded the drums. He's like, all right, let's fucking do this. And yeah, I think it was it was the music that got him really. I know we were already friends, but he's he's really finicky with certain things. I've had plenty of uh, colleagues want to have him on their records or want him to be in a band. And he's just hard to get on a record if he doesn't want to do the music. But luckily, Evan's a huge fan of this record and the music. And another thing that he said specifically is he just the music has room for him and what he does to fit in, you know, as far as, you know, some records, they don't allow a lot of room for the basses to do something. And, but, you know, with the way our music set up, I wanted the bass to be a voice, you know, and damn, he did it. <laughs> yeah. I was losing my mind. Every time he would send a track over, I'm like, Oh, we got a new Evan demo. I'd listen to it. And I'd just be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. That guy's unbelievable. Uh, so, you have a one o'clock, I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I'll start winding us down. Um, I, this is kind of a, a guest-heavy record in comparison to some of your past ones. You've got Tori and Katie back on, but as well as David and uh, and Cheney. When you we're when you're building these songs, do you find the spot for the people to come in, or do you kind of like build it into the song, like David's solo, the vocal spots, all that stuff? Is it already predetermined, or do you find it after the fact? Uh, I would say mostly uh, after the fact, you know, we're trying to make the music as uh, cool as possible. And I think for me, I've learned the best way for me is to never really have like a pre thing. It always fucks me up if I'm like, this song's going to have this in it. And I'm like, everything is working to get that or something like that. And it just messes everything up for me personally. So usually I'm just trying to make good songs and then pick, you know, we make more than that would be on the record maybe like 15 potential songs or something and then kind of figure it out and then develop the songs and usually it's like like for instance the katie part in embrace oblivion we just had this big giant part and i was like yeah we should try some female vocals over this that would that would cut through the mix it would fit perfectly in there and i think tori tried that at first but her range didn't work too well and then katie did it uh and she was just she just nailed it it was crazy and then for instance, the part that Cheney was doing in uh, Mindless Omnipotent Master, I was listening to the part and I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool if we had like a, like a Frederick Thorne, all special defects, like high kind of uh, voice doing some kind of like, like, you know, kind of like those phrases that he does in the uh, special defects. And I just thought of Cheney because that just reminds me, her vocal style kind of reminds me of some of the things that happen on that record or whatever. And I also love that it's like Bay Area at the O's, I love that band. I was like, oh, she'll be perfect. Let's hit her up. And that's how that one came about. And same thing with uh, with David Wu, you know what I mean? Like I found a spot for him that I thought would, like, hey, this is cool. We could bring some dynamics to this and this would work for him. And that's kind of just how it works for, for every guest. Yeah. And really, Even this, the last, last records. Yeah. 
And really, at this okay. point, it's yeah. a, it's a matter of time. Why did why did it take this long to get David on a record? If you guys go far back, uh, well, you know, I think David was still developing his own thing over the years, and I think it just kind of all came full circle when we were getting in touch and he was helping me out with some business sides of things with uh, marketing and stuff. And even just my own personal stuff, the guy's really savvy with social media and, 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 you know, all that good stuff. And I'm not, I'm more into just playing guitar. So like, I need somebody to help me with that. So we, we had already connected that. And then, yeah, he had really developed his vocal Institute and his whole vocal thing and his band cyborg octopus. Like he had gone through his own journey, separate, from me and we kind of like went our own ways and we have recently come back together in years and it was just kind of like yeah we should do this i think we were in the car and uh, we were listening to demos and stuff and i was like let's do this and he's like really I'm like, yeah let's fucking do this <laughs> and that's how it ended up yeah uh last november was the 10-year anniversary of the harvest wombs um yeah I, there's been a lot of people who've come and gone from the band but other than that how do you approach that album now and like how do you feel playing those songs live so many years later I I love it. I mean, the only song we really play live recently, we played Ritual of Godflesh and Cerebral Hybridization. I mean, I, I, I know certain bands get over playing their old songs, but I still have tons of fun playing those songs. And I play them on Twitch nearly every time I go on Twitch as well, Cerebral. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they're definitely still some of the hardest songs that we have. It's like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny listening to the record and and really hearing the youthfulness of the record it's like god damn kid like you really wanted to show him you know like you really uh had a lot of time on your hands <laughs> i don't know just i'm just like listening to it like good god relax like that's the most of the time or like the songs are super long and it's just like i don't know it's fun but i i still really enjoy the songs there's still some parts where i'm like what were you thinking dude like this is nonsensical this is just like what was the point of this section or something like that but i don't know i still there's a couple of good songs on there that still work very well today, like Assemblage of Wolves, Ritual of Godflesh, Cerebral Hybridization. The rest of them, they're cool songs, but they just kind of meander. And I don't know, I don't want to knock it too hard, but sure. it's just like not quite, doesn't really fit into our set anymore. But yeah, no, I, I totally love those songs and still good stuff. Very good. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on my show. Uh, sorry to make it the David Wu show, um, but you know. No, I love it. I love it. You're somebody I've wanted to have on for a real long time. Imperion by Fallujah will be out on September 9th via Nuclear Blast Records. You can get your copy at fallujah.bandcamp.com or at the link in the episode description. Now before I conclude this episode, it's time for a recommendation. This episode I am recommending the Stockton, California band Alta Luna. They are a trio that is comprised of a vocalist, a guitarist, and a drummer. They play genty progressive metal. These guys played Sacramento a few weeks back, and I wound up checking them out and really enjoying them, and decided I wanted to reach out to them and track down this song to present to all of y'all. Here is Compassion by Alta Luna in its entirety.
You can follow Alta Luna Instagram at alta.luna, and you can find merch and all that good shit by the band at the link in this episode description. Then, as always, I would like to invite you to head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be on the show. You can find a merch link of my own, past episodes, friends of the show, etc. The theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.